Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. is good Raider Nation welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM it is a Tuesday in the huddle brought to you by Tequila Embajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend hope you took some time like we talked about on Friday just to kind of remember what that um, holiday what that day uh, is really all about In, in addition to having some fun and unwinding we all deserve that just remembering what Memorial Day is all about. Uh, but hopefully it was safe, it was sound, and it was enjoyable, and your batteries are recharged like ours are here uh, in the huddle and starting our week off strong. By the way, Devon Cotton, you know what tomorrow is? Wednesday. In addition to that? June 1st. June 1st. Okay. So a couple of significant details about June 1st. June 1st means in one month we're going to have NFL football. Like training camp, getting ready to get started. We are one month away in July from the Raiders and everybody else opening training camp. In fact, the Raiders are going to open up training camp a week earlier than most teams because they've got a new head coach in Josh McDaniels. I love being able to say, hey, next month, the NFL is officially back. And starting tomorrow, we can absolutely say that, Devon Cotton, and it warms my heart. But it also means tomorrow, June 1st, that the Raiders magically have $20 million of cap space created thanks to the contracts of Corey Littleton and Carl Nassib officially coming off their books. Now, I'm reading around um, some you know comments on Twitter. Uh, I know Tashawn Reed wrote a great article in The Athletic about uh, players that he would target if he were the Raiders with this surplus of cap space that's coming off the books on June 2nd. Um, but we'll talk about what that all means and really what it doesn't mean <laughs> necessarily. And the, the, uh, more so what it doesn't mean because I wouldn't – be bracing if I was Raider Nation for a big, splashy, huge move now that there's $20 million uh, in cap space coming free on June 2nd. We will explain all of that. Plus, we're taking your calls. I do expect the Raiders to make some tinkering, some moves um, post-June 2nd. I don't know if it 
uh, is a coincidence or or if, if it's because of June 2nd. But I think that there will be some tinkering with the roster uh, coming up in these next few weeks, month or so. Uh, and I want your thoughts, 702-365-9200, on if you were in charge, what area of the roster are you zeroing in on and saying, hey, if there's if there's a little bit of money left over, if there's some cash under those, uh, you know, uh, uh, somewhere in the in the bank account to, to spend or in the budget to spend, what position are you looking directly at or positions? If you want to double it up at a uh, or, or, or add two more players, let's say what position groups are you looking at? I've got my eye on the offensive line still. Uh, but we will see. That is uh, just my opinion. I want yours, 702-365-9200. Just want to say also that Bill Williamson uh, from SB Nation, who covers the Raiders and the NFL as good as anybody out there, uh, will join us in the huddle at 4.30. And at 5 o'clock, we're going to have our weekly Q&A. Remember, we didn't get to that on Friday because the show was just so stacked up. And there were a whole bunch of great questions, by the way. Um and that'll be at 5 o'clock. Before we get to all of that, just want to remind everybody that this half of In the Huddle is sponsored by the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. There's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope. Neuropathy and Pain Centers of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. The number is 702 257 7246. That's 702 257 7246 to find out how you can live as pain free a life as possible. Uh, before we get to uh, our subjects today, Devon Cotton, what did you think of the fight on Saturday? So, did you get it for your son? I got to oh, ask yeah. you that. Oh, of course. Okay. It was fantastic. It was everything I was hoping yeah. for. I, w- I didn't want a technical masterpiece, a 12-round, oh, maybe it's a close. I wanted somebody to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. got Roley. you got Javante Davis. Yes. Roley's name on Twitter is sign up for KOs. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, somebody needed to get knocked out. The bad blood, the animosity. Yeah. It couldn't finish with a, oh, a majority decision. People would have been disappointed. Right. And uh, a couple things. I love, I like respect afterwards, and I felt like um, he, he respected the opponent afterward. I mean, all that, all the bad blood and everything, I, I know it's real. Some of it's played up. We all get that as well. But after the fact, I think there was genuine uh, respect among the two fighters. The thing that I that stood out to me about that fight, it could have eas- it could have easily been the other guy. You know, they were both just gearing up, and they were both kind of like you saw openings that each had. Now I think that the right f- fighter won, but ultimately it was going to happen. Uh, it was going to be a knockout. You felt it. And I, I would not have been surprised had it gone the other way. It just happened to be he walked into that punch. Right? Am I? Oh, yeah, you're not wrong, but I don't think it could have gone either way. Obviously, Roley, well, he caught him More a couple. More of a chance well, yeah, he, the way it went. He had a puncher's chance because once you, when you have that power, you've got that puncher's chance. Right. So you can always say, hey, he's still in it because we saw him catch Tank a couple of times, and he's like, hey, yeah, exactly. thanks for respecting that power right? because, you know, he's no slouch. Right. And I think when you're at that level, when you're both undefeated fighters, you're fighting for a championship, I don't think anyone in the fight game is look, walking into a fight saying, hey, we're both undefeated, but I'm going to, like, I'm going to clean this guy up like he's no problem. Right. Roley was saying those things, bet your mortgage, you know I'm going to knock him out in 60 seconds. Because I think like he was selling the fight yeah. because he's 14-0, and you could say there were some other fighters that are very high name, very high caliber, that's saying, what has he even done to get here? So I feel like that persona, you have to put that on 
Because yes. I don't think if you're just if you're 14 and 0, hey, you got a pretty good record so far. But if you're not talking the trash, if you're not trying to promote yourself as the next big thing, maybe you don't get that fight if you're just eating off your pieces of humble pie. No doubt about that. Um, so where do you think it goes from here for him? I think he actually, even though he got knocked out, this is crazy to say, even though he got knocked knocked out, I still thought he acquitted himself pretty well. And I think that his career is still very much ahead of him. Oh yeah, his career is still going to be fine even after the fight when in the um, press conference in the you know post fight conference. Yeah. He's saying, hey, run it back. I think I proved enough because, you know, there were six rounds. So if you could, I know that they're not going to release the scorecards because it didn't come to that point yet. Right. But I'm sure if it's just taking those first five rounds, got knocked down the six, what, what would he, you was, he was up four to one to me. Oh, really? Raleigh? Yes. Wow. Oh, wow. That's he pretty was up, interesting. He was up four to one. Then. So then, so then, because uh, I, I was just eyeballing it and I felt like he acquitted himself pretty well. And I felt like there were, there was like anticipation there, like he might get this guy and win this fight. By a knockout. Now, obviously, it went the other way, and rightfully so. And I like that. I, I just, I'm, I'm. Uh, no, he's from Vegas too, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, all, all the from you know the, the entire the mom, <laughs> the mom was great. Uh, the stars that were in the, uh, the the that were in the the stands, and everything like that. So it was a great night for boxing. Uh, I'm getting more and more into it. My son is into boxing. So who's he? Who's he rooting for? Um, he was rooting for the winner. Okay, he yeah, was rooting yeah. for Tank. Yeah, he was that, for I Tank. think what's going to be next for Tank, I don't think we're ever going to see this fight. The 130-pound division is stacked, but if he could fight um, Ryan Garcia, I think okay. that would be a very interesting fight. You got Tank who's... Was Garcia the, there? Was he yes, he was, the, he was the guy in the tux. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. He's more of a social media superstar to me than he is an actual fighter. Oh, wow. Hey, that's, that's one of my knocks on him. He's okay. one of those... He, like, I'm not saying you got you to... Gotta, I don't want to be famous. No, no. Right, everybody right. stop following you gotta me. You got to play the game. Yeah, exactly. It's just a little bit like he's got a commercial with Damian Lillard. Actually, he's um, oh, that's a, him. Yeah, he's that guy. In that oh, game. wow, that's so a good commercial. His star is shining bright, but Definitely. it's like, well, fight somebody that's top tier competition. Now, that's okay. all I'm asking. Here's my here's my question: Is that his fault or I think it's his fault? I think he's dunking the top guys. All right, okay. His last fight it was just um just over a month ago. I want to say it was legitimately one of those fights of. Hey, this guy's got like, you know, however many wins, KOs, I think it was maybe one loss or he was even undefeated. But it was, I've never heard of this guy before. Yeah. And then you look up all of his fights and no offense to him, maybe you're, you're a product of where you come. But these were all championships in Africa that he'd won. Uh-huh. Not like, you know, no big fights over in America, like right. on a primetime stage, like got a it. pay-per-view, you know, scene. Right, right. Yeah, so this guy, the record might be there, but who is he actually beating? I gotcha. And it just, sometimes with boxing, it's just, I remember interviewing Oscar De La Hoya about this when he was getting started with his promotions and the frustration of not being able to get the best fighters into the ring against one another because they're represented by different groups. And it's just, it's so tough sometimes, even on his end. And he had, you know, I think Bob Arum was on the other side. Uh, and, and he's like, you know, I should be able to just call, be able to pick up the phone, call Bob and say, hey, let's get this fight going. Because this is what the public wants. And I know that there's also... Um, the need to sometimes build it up, like you let we'll we'll let that marinate a little while longer. Let's get it going a you know, with with the idea of actually getting into the ring. But sometimes that doesn't even happen. That that last part of it, where the two fighters actually get in the ring for politics or money or whatever the whatever the key might be. Or sometimes you you build up that fight. Oh, maybe they'll get him after the get, next one, and then that guy gets knocked out. That's that's why we've never seen um Anthony Joshua versus. God, Tyson Fury. I don't yeah. know why. I slipped on his name for a second. There. All good. All but good. yeah, but you know, you you get knocked by, you get knocked out. 
by Andy Ruiz, a guy that's like 5'11", you know, <laughs> right. 260, and it's like, oh, you're supposed this guy, that's going to be a cakewalk for him. Yeah. He's built like a Greek god. Right. And then you get beat up by the guy who no one's expecting to be the heavyweight champion yes. of the world, and now you lose out on one of the biggest paydays. <laughs> then you take another loss, so now it's like, we don't want to see Tyson Fury fight this guy. No, he, he played his way out of that. Exactly. So it happens sometimes. All right, so... Uh, we talked earlier about uh, June 2nd being the day that uh, the Raiders officially get $20 million in cap space uh, based on the contracts of Corey Littleton and um, Carl Nassib coming off the books. I think a lot of people, and I've been trying to explain this, I think a lot of people are mistaking that with, oh, they have $20 million to spend. There's a huge difference between the cap space and the cash availability. I don't know if there's an easier or harder way to, to put this, but you have cap space, which the Raiders on June 2nd will be about $25 million under the cap. Okay, under the cap. And that's it's important. There's no doubt about it. But even more important is do you have the money now in the budget to go spend? And as we pointed out a couple of weeks ago, the Raiders are spending the 10th most cash in the NFL. Only about $7 million behind uh, the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. They are spending a lot of cash right now. So I would not um, I would not make the mistake to assume that because the Raiders have $20 million in cap space on June 2nd, that they have $20 million now to go spend. Uh, I don't think that that is the case. And that doesn't mean that I don't think that there's some tinkering ahead. Uh, my... You know, focus would be on the offensive line. I think that if there's an area that the Raiders want to bolster, that's probably it. And there are some, um, you know, possibilities out there uh, on the uh, on the open market uh, at the tackle uh, position and even the guard position. So, and sometimes a couple interchangeable players that could play both. So that would be where I would look. Expect it to be a big major kind of a contract. Uh, it's it's not. Don't mistake this salary cap space. For uh, the cash, uh, the Raiders are spending a lot of money right now, and um, there's a limit for everybody. Everybody has a budget. That's just straight out. Everybody has a budget. I know it sometimes seems like that's not the case, but there is, uh, and you have to manage both ends of the ledger: the salary cap and uh, the budget that you're literally working with. That your ownership says, okay, this is what you have to work with uh, this year, and you have to be able to stay within those confines. Um, and every once in a while, if if there's a move that merits it, uh, maybe able to go to uh, ownership and say, hey, we really need this guy. That happened a couple of years ago with the Rams with uh, and Dominican Sue. Uh, they were able to convince Stan Kroenke, we need a little bit more. And they were able to go, go get him. That was the year that they went to the Super Bowl. He was there uh, for one and year. And he might be that guy for the Raiders. That I don't think he's going to. Yeah, no, no, I hear, I hear you. And I see that on, uh, on, on Twitter. I'm not ruling anything out, but I would say that that's probably in the unlikely uh, category. Um, it just uh, for 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 various reasons, I think that that was that's one uh, that you probably no. I don't think that's going to happen. Offensive line, cornerback, perhaps um, maybe those two positions could be linebacker as well. But but for sure, I think the offensive line is something that the Raiders are in constant um, 
assessment mode in terms of do they need to go out and, and, and bolster it. And again, I've been mentioning this, you know, uh, this week when as they get it back on the field uh, in, in the second week of phase three of, of, uh, of their offseason program, and then certainly closing it down next week. And it's hard to even, I mean, think about it. We're talking about minicamp, was it next week? And it's done with. The offseason is done with. Put a wrap on it because the next time we're going to see the Raiders is in July for training camp. It's here. We're literally here. That's why, like I said, tomorrow we can officially say the NFL is a month away, which is insane to me, and I love every second of it. We're going to go out to the Realty One Group listener line because Dave B. in the 757 is on the line. How you doing, Dave B.? Hey, great, Vinny. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, brother. And and to demand, as much as I love you, shame on you for not knowing what post-June 1st means for us. We've been talking about it for the last six to eight weeks, but although your answer Wednesday is correct, we know that we get that NASA and Littleton money starting tomorrow. And, you know, so I think that we all think in Raider Nation that that money should go towards you know, re-up for Renfro and Waller. But with the balance of that, I think we're looking at O-line and cornerback. But my question to you, Vinny, and, and to you, Damon, is who, who's still out there at cornerback and, and specifically right tackle for us to go out and tackle or go, go out and sign? So over to you. Uh, I'll, I'll call up the list. I know Riley Reef is still out there. Uh, Daryl Williams is still out there if we're talking offensive linemen. Um, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's, I don't think that, you know, there's, there's, there's help to be had. There's no doubt about it. Uh, are there game changers? No. Um, are there players that are out on the open market for a reason? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you're bargain hunting at this point. And, uh, I think Sue is a fabulous player. I don't know if he fits here though. Um, you know, uh, Sue is a guy that is an immovable force. He could play various different, um, you know, uh, schemes and, and, you know, gap assignments. Um, so I think he would, I think, I think you'd be able to, if you wanted it to make it fit here with what the Raiders are trying to do, but I don't think that it's a overlying need right now. Um, and again, what is he looking for? Whatever he's looking for. And I would imagine the 12 to $15 million range has not materialize, which is why he's still on the open market. Heck, his, his team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just signed uh, Akeem Hicks, so which probably closes the door um, for, for Sue. Uh, so whatever he's asking for, it's not there for him yet. And uh, knowing Sue, and if he has to take a pay cut, I guarantee you that he's going to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not paying playing for a penny less than this. I won't play if I'm not getting this. I just And, and that's that's good on him. Uh, he has a, a a value in mind, and I think he's one of the shrewdest, smartest, and certainly conscientious money people that's ever played professional sports. He knows how to work money uh, for him, and uh, he's just he's just a walking encyclopedia on all that type of stuff. Honestly, go follow him on Twitter or go have a conversation with him. He is all about how to make money work for you and investments and things like that. So I guarantee you he's not hurting in the least, Damon. Oh, no, but to go back to Dave B's question a little bit more, like who's out there on the offensive Thanks. line, I know that these guys that, hey, mate, they're a little long in the tooth. I know. The names, yeah, Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown, mm-hmm. yes, Jason Peters. Jason played, Peters. Played um, all but two games for the Chicago Bears last season. 
I don't know, like, if the Raiders would want to bring these guys in, some of these older guys, on just one-year contracts, you know, not as good as I once was, but on one day, we all know the phrase, I just butchered it, but... I do think some of those guys there, and it's going to be the same on that cornerback end as well, because he mentioned, Dave B mentioned that as well, where you've got Jack Rabbit Jenkins from Tennessee. You've got Joe Hayden. I think Joe Hayden, I think he's still got it. He's 33, yeah. 34 at an outside corner. We don't know what Trayvon Mullen's going to be looking like in a few weeks. Right. Because, if the if, hey, if it comes out, if it leaks out, hey, he's a little bit behind schedule. you got to bring in someone that you think it can be – you yes. know, yeah, acceptable on, on you know right. on that outside as a corner, right, or, right? Aside from Rocky Sin, right? And I and I think that um, if the Raiders don't make a move, and here's the thing: just because we don't see Trayvon out on the field right now, doesn't mean the Raiders don't have like eyeballs on him pretty much twenty four seven in terms of having a, a good handle on where he is. You know what I'm saying? So if they don't make a move, it bodes well. Uh, for them and for Trayvon, that he's online, right? You know, uh, I, I because I think that if he wasn't and isn't, and I guess we'll we'll be able to uh, to get a feel for that um, in, in a little bit. If he isn't where he needs to be to be where he needs to be in um, training camp or or you know a little bit into it, then I think the Raiders would uh, consider and probably probably go ahead and make a move in that direction. But they haven't yet, so to me, that's a good sign that he's. Probably headed in the right direction. Yeah, you're probably more right than me, but it's just something and to it's think not about. Right or wrong? No, it's but just, it's, it, for me, it's just something to think about. Yes, exactly. When it comes to hey, all this post June first money, because right. I know Dave V is like, ah, shame on me. But guys, it doesn't. You mean, were just messing. You knew what. It, it's yeah, a bit. Sorry. We don't. We don't have. Yes, to, we don't exactly. have to let him behind the curtains. It's a bit. That's all right. But um, <laughs> but, but for that being said, it doesn't mean that June second. Hey, this guy like the. Waller's contract gets re- restructured, right? Or an extension for Renfro, or they bring in the the offensive tackle that you as the fan wants and things they should bring in to shore up that offensive line. Doesn't have to happen on June second. They still got that money. They'll still have that twenty million if they want to use it or not. Right? Doesn't happen June second. Maybe it happens July fourth. I don't know. There's also ways to uh, construct any of those um, uh, redos because because in each case. Whether you're talking about Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro, they're currently under contract. So, and in Darren Waller's case, he's got two years left on his contract. Uh, Hunter, obviously, going into the last year of his contract. But there's ways to, um, you know, put put a contract together that doesn't affect adversely, um, adversely, I should say, this year's salary cap. Like, like they can work it with signing bonuses and things like that, where their number in in Hunter's case stays right where it's at. You know, for the salary for this year. Or even in, um, in in Darren Waller's case, where you could reduce it. Now I don't know what the point would be to reduce it. It's already coming down twenty million dollars. They're going to be at twenty five million dollars on the salary cap end of things. So I don't even know if there would be any real need to to reduce it even more because it's it's like again you don't it's not that you have that money to spend. It's just theoretical. Now also cap space carries over too. It carries over to next year. So when you're thinking about $25 million under the cap, that'll carry if they don't make any moves. A lot of that's going to carry over into next year when, by the way, uh, some salary numbers go up. Darren, uh, excuse me, uh, Devontae Adams' number goes up. Uh, Derek Carr's number goes up. So that's going to get Max's. Max's number will go up. Yes, exactly. So, so some of that's going to just get naturally absorbed uh, by those contracts, the way they were done right now, and what the the effect that they're going to have on the salary cap moving forward. So, it's a very complicated um, uh, exercise and process. I know it's been explained to me a million times. Heck, the Rams 
uh, put us in with uh, with their cap guru a, couple, a few years ago, and he walked us right through it. It was great. It was like a learning experience because, again, cap space, cash, two different things, and you have to account for it. And everything that you spend, whether it's on paper or literally cash, gets accounted for at some point to, to eventually um, affect that salary cap. Go ahead. No, I love the idea of all the teams that when they use the example, like the phrase cap hail, that they just bring in the local media and be like, here's our cap guy, Bob. Bob, <laughs> right. talk to him, answer any questions and you got. And it is. And, and, it, and it really. Like every team, if they could just do that, that, that just sure up so many concerns that people have, so many questions. Exactly. Bob, to just it, handle it for it. So, One day of Bob's time. Sometimes even with your general manager, I'm not saying that that's the case with Dave Ziegler, but I know Les Snead told me that, um, you know, with their cap guy, he 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 was like he was he was literally the EF Hutton guy. Like he didn't speak very often. You didn't, you don't remember that uh, commercial? EF Hutton was a investor, and the commercial was back in the day when 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 EF Hutton talks, you listen. He doesn't say a lot, but when he talks, you listen. So he was the EF Hutton of the building. I know a lot of people know what I'm talking about. Where he'd be over there in the corner, just kind of listening and saying, "No, guys, <laughs> we can't, that, we can't do that, or we can, or I'll figure that out." So it was like. Ultimately, even though um, you know uh, your personnel guy has the final say and all this type of stuff, ultimately it still has to fit in the budget and it still has to fit through the salary cap. And there's a guy in each organization um, or you know uh, a, a staffer in each organization that crunches those numbers and has to always be the good person or the bad person to say yes or no. Uh, and I I know I've talked to, to to people that literally control the purse strings of teams. And I'm like, what's the conversation like when you have to say, here's the budget? It's never enough. That's what the conversation is. Think about in any walk of life. That's, oh, my God, we can't, uh, you know, that's, I, I, hey, that's your job now. I, I My job was to say how much you have to spend. Your job is to make it work uh, within those constraints or within those uh, guidelines. Go ahead. That E.F. Hudden commercial originally aired in the 70s yes yeah it was a uh he was he was a uh it was an investor you know one of those you see him on tv now and all that uh like put your money with that person and they'll make it work for you but when ef hutton talks people listen because he's saying this is what you need to invest in and uh that's how people make a lot of money Devon. unfortunately i'm not one of them you're in the huddle with Vinny monster brought to you by tequila and Bahadur raider nation radio 9 20 a.m on a tuesday Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Hope everybody had a uh, safe and wonderful uh, Memorial Day weekend. Um, again, uh, great to barbecue and have fun and unwind and uh, pull the plug out for a little while. We all deserve that. But, uh, you know, always important to remember what that day stands for, what that, um, you know, representation is uh, all about. Because uh, there are a lot of people uh, who paid the ultimate price for our right uh, to sit over there and watch baseball games yesterday or barbecue or whatever we did this weekend. So uh, always keep that. Uh, in mind, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend from SB Nation, Bill Williamson. He covers the Raiders um, and the NFL as well as anybody out there. Bill Williamson, how are you doing, my friend? Good. How you doing, man? I'm doing really good, uh, Bill. And uh, you know, I know that uh, tomorrow is June 1st, 
Uh, the Raiders have $20 million, theoretically, uh, in cap space freeing up uh, on, on June 2nd. Um, but, you know, I've been trying to uh, just kind of warn, not warn people, but um, remind people. Temper. Yeah, temper people that, you know, and this goes for every team. It's not just uh, the Raiders. But $20 million right. in cap space doesn't mean $20 million to go out and spend. Am I right or wrong? Oh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think this tomorrow signals the beginning of, you know, free agency phase two. It's just a, you know, procedure part of the calendar that does allow them to take advantage of some things and give them some breathing room. But certainly it's not, a okay, we just got a bunch of found money, so let's go wild, you know. Um, it's, you know, again, there's going to be a plan here, and and they're going to need to save some money for emergencies during the season and, you know, a couple more rookies to sign. That's not going to take a whole lot. Um, and then you can always, if you want to, look at a Renfro and or a, a Waller deal. You can you have a little more room there to, to tinker with, you know, using this, this year's cap room. And then there will be a guy or two or three that does get signed, but I don't know how big the names are. There's not a ton of big names out there, but I just don't know if this is like, okay, here's a, a tomorrow – the Raiders are getting this credit card to go wild and free agency. I think that that's a little bit of a, a, a misnomer. It just gives them some some room, and it's nice to have. All right. So um, if we did have, um, you know, um, I don't know, privy to uh, a couple million dollars, five million dollars, six million dollars, let's just say the the Raiders had that to work with. If we were privy to that information, let's say. Um, where would you start if there is any place on the roster right now? Where would you uh, lock in on in terms of maybe bolstering? Well, you know, it's interesting because I don't know if I can accurately answer that right now because they may have, you know, Ziegler McDaniels and their staff may have a, a whole different opinion. You know, I might say, okay, I'd start at right tackle and I'd look at Darrell Williams, Wayne Brown, Riley Reed, right? But they might be sitting there going, "Hey, we we believe in uh, we believe in Leatherwood," you know. Um, and they say, "Okay, there's Kevin King at, at corner, and there's Chris Harris at corner, and uh, Xavier Rhodes at corner." They might say, "Hey, we we're rolling what we got." So there may be somewhere else that they want, you know. Uh, maybe it's a linebacker. Maybe it's somebody like Anthony Barr. That's a speculation. So. You know, who knows, because they're the ones, they're, I mean, the last few weeks they've had a lot of valuable time with these guys, and they're getting it again this week and next week and, and the following, and they'll break for, you know, until training camp for about six weeks or so. So they know what they want to do, and we'll see. I found it, you know, fascinating that they signed a guy, Tyler Lancaster, last week, you know, yet, yet another new defensive lineman. Um, so, they saw something there that they wanted to address. So I think we'll see decisions like that, regardless of where it's at. And they just looked at a quarterback, right? So who knows? They have their own opinions, and they will tinker here and there, but I would guess it's going to be more in the vein of a Tyler Lancaster than you know, quote household names at this point. Yeah, um, and let's 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 focus in on on the offensive line. You mentioned uh, Alex Leatherwood, and I think that's a good place to start because I think there's a it's 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 a fine line there for me, and uh, I'm I'm wondering if if uh, if they're thinking along these lines, um, you know, uh, in Henderson right now. And and let's okay, so 
they drafted. I know that they didn't draft Alex Leatherwood, and I'm talking when they, I mean Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels. But he was a first round pick. He's going into his year. Uh, there's a lot of history to s- suggest that uh, going into your second year, you're just going to be, be a better football player. And I'm obviously, I think that that's what the hope is uh, in that building, uh, and especially and maybe specifically at right tackle. All right, so here's the question. You mentioned Riley Reef. You mentioned Dwayne Brown. You mentioned um, uh, Daryl Williams. How much do you think should or is the thinking, all right, so we want Alex Leatherwood to succeed. If we bring somebody in to impede him and impede that progress, does that really do us any good if we don't believe necessarily that it's going to be a huge upgrade in talent uh, over at right tackle by signing any of the guys that I just mentioned? Well, I think if they were brought in a right tackle, that would mean Alex Weatherwood would be getting, would be playing at guard this year, right? Um, that's, that's how I feel it. So maybe instead of and if Weatherwood, they feel good about him at right tackle, maybe maybe they look for a guard somewhere. Right, I think that's definitely in play. Yeah, so maybe that's where it is. So, you know, like McDaniel said last week, hey, we're just looking for the best five. I think that's absolutely the truth. They're just trying to figure out, you know, what's the situation. Alex Weatherwood is a huge part of that equation. I, and I certainly think that he's going to be one of the five. I think the only question is where. And if I had a guess, and we talked about this last time, if I had a guess right now, I would feel it's probably right tackle, at least to start. Um, moving to the left of him, uh, you know, Denzel Good was on the field last week uh, during uh, during phase three of OTAs, but he wasn't participating, uh, which I don't think is a big shock or anything like that. You know, he had a, suffered a serious knee injury in the season opener last year. He's still working his way back. There's no reason to rush him right now whatsoever. Uh, get him right for when he needs to be right, uh, and then uh, let it take off from there. Um, but you know, uh, until he is out there, until he is cleared uh, for to, to go full 100%, I guess you have to put a question mark there, um, uh, Bill. And so how much of that is a concern to you, um, you know, that, that – not that he's not there, but that he's still – there's still a little bit of a process there for him to get right. Yeah, I think it's just the way it is, and it's this time of – a year, and you know what? The the Raiders' first game is, I think, is 103 days away. So there's plenty of time. I know we get excited when we see the helmets out there, but I mean, it's not even mini camp yet, you know. So there's plenty. This is this is useful time. It's not necessarily critical time as far as the season goes. So I'm not worried about that at all. I don't think they should be worried about it. Um, and you know, and this gives this gives more time for them to look at. Parham and, and 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 Simpson because I mean these are the young guys you know those are the guys that got drafted and that's what it, that's where you want to hit it you know so what if those guys look good and 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 they roll with you know Leatherwood at tackle and the two young guys Parham and Simpson at at, at guard I think that would be the ideal situation if they're all ready for it. Yeah, I mean, if they proved it, uh, no question about it, because then Denzel Good could be, um, you know, that swing player, whether it's guard well, or tackle. What they want to be, you know, that's what he was signed for originally from the different regime. But you know, and, and he's been a nice Raider, but you always want to get younger, right? Yeah, without without question. And Jermaine Illuminar is still in the picture there uh, yeah, as well. He's been with 
a guy who's been with McDaniels, and I think sometimes people, including myself, maybe undervalue that. I, you know, I mean, I'm not. Uh, we'll see, but like Lester Cotton's been around for a little while too. You know, his time might be coming at some point where he gets a legitimate chance. I don't know if that time is now, um, uh, but you know, but but we'll see. But if there is an area that that I think the Raiders uh, would bolster uh, or maybe ready to bolster, I think I think it would be the offensive line. But you mentioned uh, cornerback. Um, what could we really like if if Trayvon Mullen, let's say he's healthy and good to go, and he's penciled in as one of the starting quarterbacks along with uh, Rocky Asin, uh and the backups that they that they were uh, able to sign Darius Phillips, Anthony Averett, um, uh, and and a couple of others that they brought in. What's what what are the realistic expectations uh, for cornerback for the Raiders this year if it goes in that direction? Well, I, you know, I think it's an extension from last year. You know, again. Different regime, but same position. A lot of the same young players. I mean, you know, John Gruden sat. I think it was opening day of training camp, and you know, and his he had the gift for making very big proclamations. And you know, we better be better at cornerback. You know, we put so much resources into it. Well, the same resources are still. You know, they've still put the same resources. So I think again, young guys, you know, and, and they still got to develop them, and, and it's changing a little bit, and the time's getting a little short on some of these guys, but that's still the goal, and, you know, they did add, what, three veterans at cornerback early in the process, and then I think we were maybe, they, they were, you know, the word came out that they were studying corners before the draft, so that makes you feel like, you know, maybe they're not happy, but then they didn't draft anybody, and they still haven't signed, and there's some decent cornerbacks in the last few weeks since draft that have signed elsewhere at reasonable prices um i'm not talking about bradbury i'm talking about you know barrett and uh, kyle fuller and uh, bryce callahan so there's been guys that were on my list of maybe maybe they'll be signed by the raiders that they didn't look at and they could have signed these guys so maybe that maybe they're cool with not adding a veteran there you know We'll yeah. see, and, and you can, you can all, maybe figure that out in training camp if you need. Right, you know when you mentioned last year with uh, with what John Gruden said about that cornerback room, um, you know who actually ended up turning out to besides Nate Hobbs and obviously Casey Hayward had a really nice year, but Rasul Douglas was in the, the Raiders camp last yeah. year. I can't say that he necessarily stood out in camp, um, but the guy had a really good year for the Green Bay Packers last year after getting cut by the Raiders. And again, it it kind of just goes to show that it's not an exact science, and sometimes you make a mistake, uh, maybe expecting to see too much in training camp when it's really hard to gauge people sometimes uh, until the lights go on. And in, in, in Rasul Douglas's case, I don't think they ever gave him a chance to really play when it was when the lights were on, and that's probably a move they might have regretted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that happens, and it happens all over the place. You don't think the Ravens still. You know, Harbaugh and DeCosta sit there and rue the Darren Waller yeah. uh, departure once in a while. I'm sure they have that conversation, you know. So it happens. Last question for you, uh, Bill. Um, the Raiders worked out um, uh, Colin Kaepernick last week, and nothing has come of it yet. Uh, should we read anything into that? You know what a what a subject, and I, you know I, I don't know if there's an easy way to answer that, but I think the longer it goes, and it's going to be a week tomorrow, that yeah, it, it lesser a chance, right? But maybe that was their whole deal. Maybe they were doing it for um, let's see, let's 
see after the offseason, then we'll make a call, but we'll, we'll get him in now. So maybe it's two weeks away if they if they feel like he definitely um, a, a step a, above you know, and and Stidman, uh, Stidham, or maybe it's just in case there's an injury. And so if there's an injury, you know, any la- layer of the quarterback room in camp, maybe they'll 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 be ready to make a move on him then. So who knows? Maybe it was just some layaway layaway thoughts, and they and that happens all the time with workouts. It's just this workout is on a different level of interest. Yeah. So I I'm not going to say that it's not going to happen, but you know, the longer it goes, the longer it, the separation from it becomes. And yeah. Yeah, and when you cover an NFL team, and you know, you get to the facility. Um, at a certain time uh, or a certain right time, trust me when you say when, and I know you know this. There's a lot of guys coming in and out of that building during the course, yep. not just right now, but even thir- during the year. There is no stone left unturned uh, as teams are exactly as teams are trying to figure it out uh, and trying to get guys in and trying to upgrade and uh, and sometimes it's just the last spot on your roster. But that last spot on your roster could be a magnet for. A big moment and the need for that person to deliver, uh, and if and if that uh, is a weak spot, it's gonna it's gonna end up hurting you. So yeah, it's it, Bill knows that it's it's like never ending uh, the turnstile of players that come in and out of a building, and you'd be surprised some of the names that you actually uh, end up seeing. Bill Williamson, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road, my friend. All right, have a good week, Vinny. See ya. Yep, take care. That was Bill Williamson, covers the Raiders uh, magnificently and the NFL as well uh, for uh, SB Nation. And we always uh, appreciate everything that he brings to the table. You're in the huddle with the video monster brought to you by Tequila Embajador. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Our thanks again to the great Bill Williamson. Truly appreciate it. By the way, it is your time to buy or sell a home. And the Realty One Group wants to be the ones to be part of your story. Yes, the housing market is unbelievably crazy right now. It's still right now. My brother's a real estate agent said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down. It's going to come down. I'll believe that when I see it. But as hectic as it is, it's still a great time to either sell or buy the home of your dreams. Uh, to do so, you'll need a hardworking real estate professional to get it done. And Realty One Group has got you covered. They know the market. They know the neighborhoods. They know all the transactions, the ins and outs, and they know that they could do this for you. The Realty One Group was founded in Las Vegas, and it's been their home for more than 11 years. They've been opening doors for their clients and opening doors for real estate professionals to live better lives for more than a decade. They're also proud to give back to the community, donating their time and resources to make an impact. So whether you are selling or buying, call them today, 888-461-0101. One more time, 888-461-0101, and take a step closer to either buying or selling. Buying the home of your dreams or selling your current home and then going to get the home of your dreams. Uh, back out to the Realty One Group listener line because Guarab is on the line. How you doing, Guarab? Hey, what's up, Benny? How I'm you doing? Doing good, doing good man. 
Oh, yeah, I just, uh, I was just listening to Bill there, you guys talking about, he kind of stole my thunder on uh, Daryl Williams. I mean, I think that's a, that would definitely be um, something the Raiders should definitely, definitely bring onto the offensive line. But, um, you know, I'm just looking at this team thinking, well, they, realistically, they have like a three-year window here with like Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. And um, I just, I'm just, just don't want to leave this team in doubt. You know, I mean, why, why we have these guys, let's just, let's get these, these couple things like the cornerback, just a cornerback and a right tackle taken care of. And so just in case we have a couple injuries or anything, I just don't want to hear that word, oh, well, it's unfortunate, because I think that's just another word for an excuse using unfortunate. I, I, I just think that we, we should definitely go out, get that, get Daryl Williams, and and possibly get solidify another uh, corner on on Mullen's side just in case. All right, uh, because, real quick, um, real quick, uh, Daryl Williams to play where? Right tackle. What if you're Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, and you love what you're seeing from Alex Leatherwood? Why would you need to do that? Well, I mean, look, listen, it's it, you, you just never know though. Like what happened last year, we lost. Two, two or three guys to injuries. What happens if some of these guys go down? I mean, what are we going to have to back them up? So you're telling, so you're telling, so you're telling, you're going to sign Daryl Williams and tell him um, you're going to be the backup. Well, you know, I've told, I, I would think, I would be honestly, I think that Daryl Williams would probably beat out Leatherwood right now. Well, and I really what, do. Do you, what do you, uh, and I'm not trying to be argumentative, uh, but you know, uh, you can move, you could, what, why move, why not? Then you could always move Leatherwood to guard. Okay, and I understand where you're coming from, but but my question is, you know, and uh, or my observation is this: a lot of fans are you're just going on what you saw like months and months ago, all right? And um, so that's all your perspective is. Dave Ziegler and and Josh McDaniels, they've been watching this guy now for a while. Not only just on the film work of last year, but also uh, the day to day operation during OTAs and the off season program, and now on the grass and into mini camp next week. What if I mean, you you have to at least uh, leave open the possibility that they feel like he's right exactly where he needs to be and is their best option compared to what's out there. You know, we can't just assume that because, yeah. well, I think he's I think Daryl Williams is better. You know, like I, how many plays do you think you've seen Daryl Williams play? And not to take anything away from him, but how much studying have you done on Daryl Williams? Well, I mean, I haven't done much studying on him, but I hear right. that he's a pretty pretty damn good uh, okay. uh, right tackle. All right, now. I love that you said that because guys like Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly, they're not, they're not, they're not going on. I hear he's a really good tackle and I'm not to ta- I'm not taking anything away from you, but I've been told so many times in this business, don't chase names but, just Vinny. because, just because you hear the name and you see the name and somebody says that's a pretty good player. You have to, if you're the Raiders, if you're Dave Ziegler and uh, Josh McDaniels and everybody else in that building, you're using your own eyes, your own intellect, your own, uh, gate. Go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, you know what? It seems like uh, apparently it seems like it, we're always constantly talking about the offensive line. So obviously there must be a problem there. If we're always talking about it day in and day out. Why do we constantly talk about because it? Because we're because it seems we don't like everything's know. Pretty, we don't know. Like, well, that's it's okay. So, but, but yeah, but that I doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that that's that, all we tend to talk about, right? Because that's that. If you're looking at one, you know from the outside Maybe. looking in, if you're looking at one area of concern. 
it's the off, it would be the offensive line, and that's understandable, um, and I completely get it. Uh, and I and I do think that there are there is some tinkering that that's going to go uh, down on the offensive line. I think anyway. Um, but but again, when we're on the outside looking in, that's that's the whole point. Is that we could we could Riley Reef, we could talk about all these players we want, but if internally the Raiders are saying no, we feel like Alex Leatherwood is better than those guys right now. Well, you know, Daryl Williams is an ex- he's obviously experienced. How many? I mean, I don't know how many years he's played, but he's definitely played a lot more than Leatherwood has, hasn't he? No doubt about it. That's that's you know, but but it's not unusual also for a young player to get better in his second year. So we'll see. And and I, I would urge don't get um, don't don't get married to just names. Names don't win games. Players win games. Good player talent wins games. So there's probably a reason why the Raiders haven't gone down down that direction. Not to say that they won't. I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying don't assume because you know the name that you think he's better than what the option is. In place right now, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. Tat products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.